afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, looking in the faces of my beautiful producing team. Is that what we call you? You are being so charitable and kind today. Thank and you. yes, we Thank are you. your producing team. My produce, my producers. We want to be the force field. What? The force field? Producing force field. What does that, that sounds mean? way cooler. Force it's like, how are we a field? It's like a Avengers kind of thing. A field oh. of force. Roll with it, guys. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Here, sitting alone by myself in a studio with nobody around me. Yeah, I don't like the sound of that. Yeah, not, not that either. I'm My force fill is around me. <laughs> James, what are you doing in there? Force is a good word. Oh, I'm rocking out to this music, and apparently I'm outside of this force field, so I'm unprotected. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Don't feel bad. We put James a in a, a contained room where there is no, no air and no food. There's a little bit of air. I'm losing oxygen quickly. He has a quickly. day's worth of food. <laughs> we, we have two hours worth of air so that we can make it through this <laughs> Well, this will be fun. So we've got to keep on topic and target because if not, James will die because he's only got two minutes or two hours. Welcome to the program, folks. Today, awesome show. Huge guest coming our way. Big star. Big fame. Well, used to be. When I grew up, Diane Thomas was the bomb. She was it. When I was growing up, I remember watching her on Johnny Carson. I'm pretty sure she still is the bomb. No, she still is totally the bomb. Today, she's the bomb with us. She has no idea what she's in for. No. We're going to be so excited when she comes in. She's incredible. So she's going to teach us. She's going to talk about travel today. That's the t- whole topic of today's show, travel. And today we're going to try to see if we can't help you get the most out of travel. Spring break is coming up for me and my family. And we are going to go crazy. I'm gonna. We're going to go to Daytona Beach. Whoa. Ooh, fun. Not psych. Just kidding. We're not going there. We're just going to go hang out as a family. But um, we're not like a family that likes to travel together very much. Why is that? Well, A, we don't do it. <laughs> well, Because yeah. we already – we have kind of a little place in a little resort town in Utah. So we just always go there. Well, that's, that's nice. Still, yeah. Huh? Do you it's, go to Grantsville? No, no, no. So you do you do something. Not Grant. I've been to Grantsville <laughs> just for funerals. But um, that's all I go to Grantsville for. But it, we go there and we hang out and it's fun. I love it because it's the same thing and we can go three or four times a year. But there's nothing kind of new to that. So my kids don't like it. And then we took them to Disneyland a couple of years ago and they're all like, Grr, we need more Disney trips. And then we just – that's why we don't go anywhere. We don't like them. <laughs> Is that rude? But travel's hard because unless you have a ton of money, it just feels like it's not as fun. It's true. It's interesting. My parents have raised us as traveling kids. Are you? Yeah. We were basically forced. If we weren't good at sitting in the car for long periods of time to drive to wherever we were going to, we were just made that way. So by the time that we were all, you know, like above the age of five, we could all sit in the car for about 11 hours and be completely pleasant with each other. Really? Yeah. It's kind of an amazing thing, especially since I've traveled with other people's families. Nightmare. Since then. Yeah. What happens after the 11th hour? How do they do that? You know, we listen to, we listen to books. Um, We'll use our individual devices. I had one brother. We traveled quite a bit. (laughs) We beat each other up the whole time. Yeah. It never changed. We're like 20 and we're still beating each other (laughs) up. Benadryl. You know, that works too. <laughs> because we give our kids Benadryl, they sleep 12 <laughs> hours. So great. 
Is that Merit, bad? I just went through a ton of researching on a bunch of apps, and none of them are like that. None of them have like keep your kids calm for 11 really? hour trips yeah. and i think that you should make one well, no, i should have I should your parents like, make one well I was you like, know That's you have to take app. a mind though like all of my siblings we're all just like really introverted so sitting in it's our own little <laughs> bubbles for like but you don't need a travel app <laughs> yeah. you just give your kids game apps and they just play games and they won't talk that's true that's See? Yeah, but you see, we also enjoy like You're right. part That's of my, my favorite thing about a road trip is spending time with my family. Like we have fun <laughs> talking to each other. Well, you said but see, this is at your age, right? So this is at this, you're now an adult. But as a child, as a child, it got long um, sometimes. But usually, I was too excited about what we were going to go do. Okay. So and also, like I remember at one point, this is before. They had DVD players in your car. My parents jerry rigged like a little TV inside oh, yeah. the car. Oh, I remember that. That was sweet. Yeah. No, we and we would play video games. We well, my, my back in my day, you didn't have televisions in cars. You also didn't have phones in cars. <laughs> Neither of those were supposed to happen. Did you have to talk to each other actually? Yeah. And you had big like faux leather seats that you would slide around every time they took a corner. Every all the kids would slide to the right. <laughs> they'd all slide to the left. And back then they'd never buckle you in cuz they didn't care. <laughs> When my dad was That's a kid, they, just, they had a station wagon. They'd take out the seats yeah. and just put pillows and stuff on the, the floor. Again, see, they didn't care. I know. It sounds way cooler. So Seatbelts kind of ruin that. But and kids' we're seats safe, and so. car seats. and um, So travel is the topic of the day. Uh, Diane Thomas will be joining us a little bit later. She's going to give us, you know, t- she's going to teach us how to make it through the travel journey, how to make it through the journey without like killing somebody or yourself, how to do it effectively. You know, clean, neat, nice, everything good. Again, I don't do this very well. And I used to travel a ton for business, and I'm just about business. So when I'm traveling, I'm not about taking pictures. No need to pull over. <laughs> I'm not afraid to throw a bottle in the back seat to one of the boys and say, no, we're not stopping, <laughs> and make them go. Well, we did that once, and then we, we won't do that anymore. But the problem with it is is – it's all timing. I've timed it down. I know how fast I can go. Don't make me stop. One stop is not 10 minutes. It's 30 minutes. And then that's where the fights begin. You keep them in. You keep them stuck. You keep them air. You get air in there. And you throw them sugar about every 10 minutes. So that's the topic of the show. Travel, getting the most out of your travel experiences. You know, how to make it through a journey without killing everybody. Part of the topic today as well. Got a great lineup of guests as well. And we've been uh, doing some research. Now, go get into your research. Are you ready, Jess? The, I know you've been thinking about this. Apps. Favorite travel apps. Okay. There's some really funny ones. I'm going to say my my favorite first is the sunscreen app. Um, you <laughs> Really? You set a countdown timer for when you would start to burn. Really? <laughs> Isn't that so funny? I love that. That's crazy. Does yeah. it calculate the SPF funny. in there? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. It said And your skin type? Yeah. Yeah, skin type and the SPF of your lotion. Wow. What <laughs> happens like so when you start going over does it like keep ringing a bell? Does it start making like bacon <laughs> I don't know. I hope sizzling so, sounds? I usually fall asleep, so Okay, mm. here's another one. There's one called Halo and it makes it calls the cab drivers to you. So no more of that like 
being in Halo. New York City trying to win. Isn't Halo a video game where they shoot it each is. other? Yeah, Aliens, it also is that. Humans. But it also is an F that gets cabs. And that gets cabbies to come pick you up. Yeah. Here's okay. a crazy one. It's called World Mate. And you send it all of your flight information, all of the things you want to go to, and it makes an itinerary for you. And then it, oh, cool. if you get the upgraded type that you pay a little bit of money for, it will send you alerts for like, time to go to this. time. So it's like completely, What's it's What's just that called? Travel through. Mate? World mate. Oh, world mate. Yeah. World so I mate. like that one too. I think that's from Australia. <laughs> I think. Oh, we were going to do like a accent game sometime. We yeah, someday done we'll that do that. <laughs> I might throw a few accents in today. Okay, good. Do some, do some New Jersey. That's my favorite kind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's another one. Um, this is for more of like if you're going to go to a foreign country, which you should probably do sometime. Yeah. With your family that doesn't like to travel. No. Maybe they don't like it because you haven't gone foreign. Maybe yeah. that's why. We've been to Mexico and we've been to London twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. But so we, this one. Yeah. We just put them in bags and put them <laughs> under in storage. So if you're traveling in London, you can – there's 150 live video feeds of the, like, most notoriously troublesome yeah. roads. Oh, really? It's called M25 cams. Oh, yeah. And M- I've been on M- the M25. It said it was really bad. So it has – you That's can cool. like know before you get there. Another cool London here. travel app is you can download ones that have all of the bus schedules on it, yeah. and then they'll oh yeah, and the they'll just program it out for you. Oh, a lot of so, useful. so useful. I got the you know you get the tube down, the subway down pretty easily, but the buses get so confusing because there's so many more different lines. So I totally recommend that. Oh, yeah. that's cool. What's, what apps? Do you remember the name? Uh, of that? I don't remember. This the name one of is it. called Hop Stop. That has the public transfer transport information covering 68. Wow. If you don't get the app, you're going to be stuck with like a 50-page booklet. These apps make your totally game changers for your traveling. It's like a walk in the park now. You can know where like the best places to eat. It has a bunch of review ones. That's Um, cool. Let's see. See this? A to-do list. It used to be a lot harder to travel. It's called Schemer. Yeah. Schemer. Yeah, that's like it gives you a to-do list and check-off list of things that you should do. See, it's happening. It's happening. You know what? Maybe we don't need apps. Maybe what we ought to do, just give your phone number out. Get your Give your personal cell phone number, and then you could just personally review the app needs of people. Oh, one's, someone's calling already right now. <laughs> uh, we're talking today, getting the most out of your travel. How do you... You know, stay healthy, stay alive, and still love the experience of travel without burning all your bridges, without maybe, you know, eating something you shouldn't eat. You know, finding yourself in some dark alley in some foreign country. There's a lot of tricks today uh, that are going to help us through that. Diane Thomas is going to be joining us in a bit. Author Diane Thomas, uh, you know, just one of my true heroes. I think iconically she was really a big... uh, hero of mine when I was a young buck. So excited to have her on the show. Diane Thomas will be joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More here on Travel on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Today on the show, I will be your tour guide on the side. (laughs) 
We're talking travel today and how to get the most out of travel in your life. One of the reasons we're doing the show is as summer creeps in, you know, a lot of you are going to hit the road and be traveling left and right. Um, And as you're doing it, we want to make sure you get the most out of it. Also, uh, for this segment or this kind of half of the show, we we really wanted to get a little bit deeper into – all of the experiences of travel, right? So a lot of times we just grab our kids, throw them in a car, take them to Disneyland, and then pay the you know the the big bill and start doing Disneyland. But however, there's a lot of other ways to travel. One of the great ways that you may have experienced, you know, in your youth or in college, may have been the old study abroad. There's a lot of value, right, in getting out and getting to see the world, and letting uh, your young brain get wrapped around the benefits of the world. So who better? to teach us about study abroad and uh, the powerful impact that that can have. Then Merritt Meekham, who, by the way, lived in many a hostel. Yeah. Is that true? I did go to many hostels. Did you really? Yes, I did. And did did you wear a backpack all over over Europe? Um, I didn't have a backpack. I had this huge camera bag. I got muscles on the back of my neck from holding my big Nikon. Neck muscles. Yeah, it was really strange. Something I wasn't expecting out of my experience. Well, you know what? I was wondering what those were. And I guess (laughs) those are just (laughs) neck muscles. Remnants from your study abroad. Now you, okay, you love study abroad. I do. And really ask any college student who's been on a study abroad. I'm Everyone I've talked yeah. to who's been has said that it is by far their most valuable education experience that they've ever had. That's awesome. And, you know, having gone on a study abroad, I went on a study abroad um, that was based in London, but we spent a lot of time on the West Coast of Europe as well. And it really was. I can say to this day, several years in a university later, that it has been the, yeah. the semester that I learned the most. My daughter won't stop talking about it. She went to Israel. Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and she won't stop talking about it. And oh, her, yeah. Her husband's like, he even makes jokes about it. Like, everything's about, oh, and I remember when Sarah was in Israel. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, why don't you tell us about that? And then she'll get into her story. But why why is it such an impact? Because you're learning, you're learning anyway, but yeah. you're supposed to learn on your study abroad. Is, is it the learning component? What is it? Well, I think it's several things. First of all, especially when you're in um, high school, your world is such a microcosm. Yeah. Your entire existence is so small, which really it really only consists of your home, maybe a few parts of your town and your high school. Yep. And the kinds of people you interact with are all people who are from that high school. The kinds of adults you interact with are all people from there. And um Especially and especially if you grow up in the US, you're kind of dealing with a very specific um demographic usually and it's you know you might not see as much diversity or um, different religions or you know a lot of towns and I can say that I grew up in a small town in Idaho I (laughs) you know very very little diversity but so that's one thing the other thing I think is that study abroad gives you the chance to actually step inside what you're learning and um for my study abroad I was studying English and history Hmm. and I was in London, which yep. has probably the most historic monuments ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> Every street corner you turn, it's this house belonged to it's I remember. this author. It's it's exactly. amazing. One by, and you're, oh, 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 George Orwell lived yeah. there. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. You know. That's right. So it's this cool thing where all of a sudden you're realizing that everything you learn actually does apply to the world that you're in. Right. And um, that's really monumental. Um, so you're seeing diversity, but you're also... You're actually living what you're learning. You're seeing it. Yeah. I, I saw that in Israel too. Just the mere fact that you're 
you're you're seeing places that the that Roman soldiers would have stood uh-huh. hundred thousand years ago or whatever thousand yeah, years ago. Um, and that was yeah, that was my third point is that you're connecting with people who went before you, yeah. and I think that's an enormously important thing. Um, I found it very touching to be in France. I went to some trenches that were left over from the Battle of the Seine. Oh, wow. And um, literally, there are still trenches in the ground. They've, I mean, they're covered with grass now. Sure. looks kind of eerily peaceful, but mm-hmm. it was seriously one of the most moving experiences of my life just to stand there and um, to realize that there really were people who had sacrificed their lives for me. And, you know, you read about it and you think that you're affected yeah. by it. You know, you think that you're understanding the impact that that event had on the world. But you really don't understand that until you're standing where those other people stood. And, you know, I had so many experiences like that. When I was um, in England, there's a wall called Hadrian's Wall that was built by the Romans oh, around wow. 500. Yeah. And just there's still the wall there and there's just the wall. yeah to realize that i was connected to so many more people than i initially thought so do you think i mean cuz then there's the maturity right so you, then then you go there and you i could see no matter what would thoroughly enjoy it because a you read deeply you feel deeply but i also think that there's some there that were like oh those those walls are dirty oh definitely there at, there's always a few people like that but I think traveling also gives you a chance to really discover you who you are as an independent person. There's really nothing like standing alone in a country where you don't speak the language yeah. to kind of realize that you have to get yourself together and take action. Exactly. And I feel like that's something that I learned was that sometimes you just got to do it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how uncomfortable you are or how confused you are. You have to solve your problem. Yeah, or die. Yeah. So – and there's actually a lot of evidence to support this that I, I feel like everyone should study abroad if they can. And, you know, a lot of people say you know, there, there are problems because travel is very expensive. Yeah. Um, but there are other options that you can look into. Lots of places, um, if you go do service in third world countries especially – um, people will sponsor you to go. So you yeah. don't even have to earn the money yourself. A company or a you know, a patron will sponsor you to go and serve in that specific country. So, for example, there's I know of a an orphanage in Ecuador that has sponsored many people from my hometown to go and to spend time at the orphanage helping those kids. Oh, wow. And so they haven't had to pay for it, but they still have gotten that chance to yeah. go out and explore the world. So service, I mean – because that is – it's expensive to study abroad. Oh, definitely. But, and I even noticed – because I left the country serving an LDS mission. So for my church, we send – right now there's like 85,000 missionaries out all over the country, world, everywhere. And I had to leave. Same thing, standing in a country not knowing the language. But luckily I had saved some money. My family helped me through that and paid for that. Mm-hmm. Then sending my daughter on her study abroad, it's expensive. But you're saying, hey – it's really it's, you can find other ways too. And yeah, you can find other ways. There are scholarships. Um, I had lots of help through scholarship and through family members who helped me and who um, were enthusiastic to help me. Yeah. And so that's the thing is that it, once you realize the value for it, it kind of it solitifies yeah. the experience. And th- th- then all of a sudden. It's worth it. Yeah, you, you look, If you look at the sum total, you're like, Ugh. Yeah, and I've told people before, you know, you probably will go into debt at some – I mean, you're going to go into yeah. debt at some point right. in your college experience, in your life. And I really think that a study abroad or a gap year is a 
kind of a good reason. I do too. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not as expensive as it feels yeah. at the yeah. moment. It seems like too, where you place the study abroad in your college history, mm-hmm. like first year, maybe not. But like second year when you're kind of finding yourself and you have to start declaring what you want to do, yeah. having a little well, break. Actually, I, I think either probably the sophomore year or before you go to college is usually the best time That'd to be do great. it. Lots of research has come out in the past four years or so about kids taking gap years before they go to college. Yeah. And really just how amazingly helpful that is. Really? And um, really it helps you meet a lot of developmental needs. Yeah. For example, you have to be highly social and it's not just social with people who are your peers or your professors. You have to learn how to be yeah. social with right. just about everybody. Like a vendor. Hey, go ask that vendor for a falafel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, I don't or, know how. You know, or uh, professionals, if you're doing like a business yeah. study right you have to be able to talk professionally to other adults who aren't your parents who aren't that's not an experience a right. lot of kids have also it really helps you kind of discover who you are you have to take a stand on things that you um never really realized when i was in england i had so many people ask me what my political leanings were they were really? so interested in what was happening politically in the u.s at the time that they i kept on getting asked about it all the time and i kind of realized that i didn't really know how i felt about yeah. a lot of those issues and not only that i was severely ignorant of all of the issues mm-hmm. happening in europe yeah. and i felt very ashamed of myself that i was so um, ethnocentric right, exactly. meaning you know i was so wrapped up in my own nation and my own race and my own values that yeah. i hadn't thought of anybody else's so that's another important thing plus Again, you have to eat in england you have to eat fish and chips with fish skin. And chips. With fish skin. Yes, Come it's on. true. I did Come peel on. some fish skin in my time. They don't have those at Popeyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um I think I think the discomfort is also very don't you helpful. think exactly Oh yeah. There's so many times where you're just you're not really quite sure what you're doing, yeah. what you're eating. <laughs> I have like, eaten what's so that like, smell? unidentifiable That's food right. substance and you don't know yeah. what it is and you just have to go with That's it. That's right. It's curry. So, yeah. Just try it. Just, just eat it. Oh, this neat. brown gunk. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but what I kind of meat? It. What kind of meat is that? Eh, yeah. Just don't ask. No, just, what. It's yeah, got curry go, on it. Go for it. It's great. Um, also, it helps you become more independent. Like we said, you have to make those decisions at some point. And it's pretty interesting because... I guarantee at some point when you're traveling, you're going to be on a street corner not knowing where to go. Right. And it really takes – you have to either decide to turn some way or you have to ask somebody to stop. And totally out of your comfort zone, but it makes you a lot more independent. Um, It also helps you emotionally. It helps you react more rationally to your emotional situation. So when you're at home in the safety of your home, you can blash out. Oh, yeah. You can – you not do react. anything for yeah. the whole day because you're feeling Veg. sad, you know. And but you can't do that when you're traveling. You have to take action, and you're usually with a huge group right. of other people that you have to be polite and oh, front, nice you, in and front you, of. And you got to wait in that lobby in the hot heat, yeah. Pulling your bags everywhere, and then you're going to your fifteenth location that's on the itinerary, uh-huh. and you just want to die. Exactly. But you have to learn how to be pleasant and rational and logical yeah. all through that. Um, lastly, it helps you develop what we call metacognitive skills, Yes, meaning the larger thinking, you'd be able to think outside of yourself. So you can think in the bigger picture. You can see other people's cultures, other people's governments, other people's religions, and understand how they impact the whole world, which I think is probably the most valuable part of that is that you can see how 
you know, it's so easy to, especially to say, you know, um, oh, those people in yeah, name this country, right. they're just this way. Yeah. Or, But when you're there and you see how people are individually, it really kind of shatters your worldview at some point. Right. But it also, studying abroad, taking a gap year, allows you the chance to rebuild that point of view and to kind of give you your own individual way of thinking and a way of thinking that takes a lot more into account than you ever would have if you had just stayed in, you know, your own university, your own high school setting. Love it. I mean, and again, I guess it doesn't just have to be. So for all of those that didn't get the experience when they're younger, maybe we do it when we're older. Absolutely. Why not study abroad? It's never too late. That's right. Wow. Good stuff, Merritt. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to go study abroad. You actually made me want to study, want to travel more. Hmm. Maybe I need another cruise. Maybe you mean something different than cruises. Good stuff. We, uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to come back. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Dr. Paul Jenkins. He's going to help us maybe through some of the psychology of travel. How do we uh, just work through some of our thinking patterns that might get in the way? Again, today we are talking about getting the most out of travel, broadening our horizons a bit, uh, opening our minds to see the world. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here with, honestly, a very special guest for me and I'm I'm blushing to even say, but I. And by the way, in the first block, I kept saying because I've been watching her forever, and nobody wants to hear that. Diane Thomas okay. is joining us, but Thank Diane, you. I have seen you. Let me just give you a full introduction. So everybody out there in listener land, Diane Thomas, I know you've seen her. She spent uh, eight years on NBC's Today Show, right? ABC uh, ABC's Home Show for six years. She um, she really. She created my favorite, one of my favorite learning moments with Johnny Carson, where she taught him how to make meatloaf and, and anyway, entertained millions. So Diane Thomas, basically author of 18 books, she started this whole thing on a master's thesis. Were you at BYU? I'm right here. Right here right at BYU. Here at BYU. Isn't that BYU. wild? And you're it full circle. Wild. But you were writing um, a book, Roughing It Easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Which was, I guess, how to just deal with the difficult, I mean, just how to rough it, like out in the woods. Well, what happened camping. is I, I taught right here at Orem Junior High School, just Did north really? of Provo. Yeah. And I had junior high school students, and I was the director of the Brighton Girls Camp up in Brighton, yeah. Utah, which so is gorgeous. It's a beautiful mountainous right. area. So I'm in charge of the camp. It's my first year teaching. And you were you a natural camper? Oh, my dad was a forest ranger. I so, grew okay. up. I was you, born under okay. a pine That's tree. That's the history almost. we needed, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. My dad was a forest ranger, so I loved it. So I worked at the camp for seven years. Oh, man. And we had snow in in August up there. So I'm trying to close the camp down. <laughs> yeah. And then I start teaching on Monday. Man. Had no lesson plans. But you I had been in charge up. of the camp. Yeah. you. So you just I said, said, I'll just go to one of my camp That's stories. right. I said, you kids bring a tuna fish can. And tomorrow we're going to go outside and cook on a tin can. See, that's what I remember about you, though, yeah. is you could make anything work. So bring a can. Yeah. And yeah. we'll show you how you and can we'll cook on a campfire. How. So we just took cardboard. Yeah. We rolled up the cardboard. We melted wax into the cardboard. Yeah. And then that's a nice burner. If anybody has an emergency and you can't cook, yeah. just roll up some cardboard and melt some candles in it. 
And then you've got a burner. And then you have a burner. Then to regulate it, you have to have something to go across the top. So I I took a lid from a tuna fresh can of wire down on a pan hanger. You move it back. But a piece of foil would do it. You just Part of this whole thing is just thinking and doing, what could I do? What could I do? What I could? And then the answers came to you. But anyway, so I started. You wrote the book. I did. I write. The, I wrote the book, and the, I started books. with these kids yeah. out on the. My principal thought I walked on water. <laughs> I bet. So, listen to this. So you pull the matches out. And yeah. like, what is she teaching? No, no, That's neat for now. the barbecue, we had no barbecue. I had no budget, right. but I had my ninth grade students. We did a whole month on this outdoor stuff, and yeah. I took them up the mountains, and we camped out. Anyway, one day I waited. I was living here uh, uh, off campus um, at yeah. uh, BYU, near BYU, and I needed uh, barbecue. So I waited till it got dark. I backed <laughs> my car up to the metal garbage can lids, which were the, that's yeah. what we had. I put six of them in my trunk because I figured just if I lids. asked, just the lids. Because it turns oh, upside down in it, and put and, dirt oh, in it, and we you. made a barbecue. So I you. took them out, put three, had three bricks out there, yeah. so put them on top of that, put the dirt in it, put the charcoal briquettes. The kids barbecued all day. <laughs> At the end, we threw the dirt back yeah. in. I waited until it got dark. That's I backed right. up. Put your lids, put the back, lids on. back on the cans. And, and the only like, what happened to our yeah, lids? That's they right. looked so dark and burnt. <laughs> no, they weren't. <laughs> oh, the, the only dirt. thing is, is they were sterilized. Yeah, but that's right. Anyway, you can create a lot with just what you have. Yeah. And so that's how I started out. And then when I came back here, BYU actually gave me a scholarship. I, I only had a B minus average. But you I had wasn't some a great talent. Student. Right. And uh, so I wrote curriculum guides for home ec teachers. And then I taught the home ec teachers across the state of Utah. Amazing. How to do this in their classroom. You but, were young. I was young. I was still in my 20s, uh, early then, 20s. And then all of a sudden, yeah. how, how did you get discovered for NBC? I mean, how does, I mean, you, you were out teaching it forever, but well, how did they find I you? actually happened, I wrote my thesis here on how home ec teachers could teach it. And so then they had a curriculum to go by, yeah. and BYU actually published it for me. But they said, listen, you have to sign a paper that you'll yeah. buy all of them that don't sell. Oh. Going, what? Yeah, that was half it's my not salary. That, good. You don't even <laughs> that know. was half That's my salary that year. Oh man! But I thought, you know, nothing ventured, nothing That's gained. Right. I signed the dotted line, and then I started lecturing. So I had an education week program. And you got to sell your books to break That's even. That's right. And so pretty soon the books were gone, and they printed another four hundred. And then amazing. they said, "Would you write a book?" And that became roughing it easy. There you go. And, and that's the that's the. Kickoff, yeah. and we sent uh, the publicity people. A lot of people don't know how. No, that's all the of problem. This happens, yeah, you, that's what you got really good at, though. Yeah, is the publicity side. The publicity is the key to anything, even yeah. any business. Yeah, even you no, are getting no, publicity. I sit, well, here. I'm sitting here thinking, make sure you talk to Diane about publicity. After. Yeah, there because you go. it really is. You can you can be as good as you want, and right. it seems like the best. Right. People aren't the ones on TV. Those are just the best publicists, right? Those right. are the ones that got the publicity. They're the ones that the not, best are the ones that well, are not got to knock on the door. Yeah. So you have me back, Matt, and I'll give you a whole lecture. I will for sure. No, promote your we, company. we ought to talk about promotion, and even yeah. because it, in this day and age of, of um, social media, it's a different game. It's it's but, a different game, but yet people don't realize. I mean, social media is great. Yeah. But it still has to no. ha- get. And you, you got to keep pushing. You got to keep and pushing. And it isn't quite as magic as being on the Today Show. No. I mean, when you're on the Today Show, That's it's a four million or right. five million. Boom. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. So, so there is still real power in the media. Even yeah. for me to come down and do this show. Yeah. I go. I tell my students. I said, you do everything because you never know where it will take. That's you. right. That's exactly. Well, and then A leads to B, and B leads to C, See, and now all of a yeah. sudden you're doing travel too. 
which actually right. makes sense to me because travel is about comfort too. If if it travel's is. miserable and you're not comfortable, right, you're in trouble. You're you will trouble. hate your trip. Exactly. But you know, I think one of the most I, I read through the questions they yeah. sent me and I thought you know, one of the most important things you take with you when you travel besides yourself yeah. is an open mind. Don't you think? Totally. Yeah. Because when you get to China and they have beds that are as hard as this table, <laughs> yeah. you go, I didn't come here to experience Utah the, the or yeah. my home. Yeah. I came here to experience China. Uh-huh. And they sleep. They literally sleep on a little pad right. on top of a or the hole. Uh, two by four. Or the hole in the floor. Absolutely. You're not there to experience the I mean you're you're going to experience the toilet. Matt, it would be nice if it was in the floor. <laughs> Is it not? <laughs> Many of them are outside. In fact, uh. as I prepared for this, I thought, you know, we don't realize this because we think everybody lives like us. But I'm guessing more than half of the world goes to bed going to an outhouse. I bet you're right, though. Not a toilet. Yes. And we, and then we're so put out because we don't have a toilet. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? That's yeah. where our minds aren't open. Right. And so, so that's th- where my camping background came in because yeah, well, you're it used doesn't to going matter to me. I mean, I can do whatever. And <laughs> I think beautiful. that's the important thing, yeah. Matt, in any relationship is that you stretch out yeah. and you can do your whatever. Mind. If that's what they did, I can figure out and learn how to do it. You do tours and take tours. Again, we're talking yeah. with Diane Thomas. Go check out her website, just Diane Thomas without an E, D-I-A-N Thomas. And you can you can get information about her tours and her travel and all of her books and she really is you've done a lot. <laughs> Thank but, you. But one of the things that I so admire too, though, and I and I think it's so um, critical to I guess travel is the mind being opened. But I'm sure as a tour guide, you've seen many a person that had the conversion from like, what's in this for me? This trip's not right. good for me. To when they change and they start seeing the light. I, you, do, you ha- do you see that? You know, I had the most amazing lady with me who was my neighbor who I talked into going. Oh, really? And she go, I don't like to travel. And yeah. she's miserable. This and food she was, looks gross. She was miserable the first week. Yeah. And pretty soon she goes, get over this. She yeah. said to herself. She, she had the shift. And then she came on the tour with us. And That's she beautiful. was happy. Yeah. She loved it. And now she would not trade it for anything. Isn't it beautiful? When they show up, you know, yeah. right when they, I see the same thing in yeah. class where couples will come and you can tell who was forced there. Yes. <laughs> and the husbands are like, well, when is this going to be over? But you can see in the class when right. they finally show up and there's, yeah. that's the opening of the mind you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. That's critical. And you know, one thing, Matt, uh, I looked at my career, as you know what yeah. it is, and I thought, what did you do? Because I'm not that much smarter. I only had yeah. a B-minus B- well, average yeah. out of here. But, but you're also passionate. <laughs> right, right. But I thought, what is it that I did that took me as far as yeah. I went? And I came up with my three Ps what? in a pod. Okay, let's and hear I went. It. First of all is always being positive. Yep. So this is a big key to, to travel. The next one is being open to possibilities. Yep. And the third one is like we're doing today is connecting with people. So positive open. Possibi- possibilities, open to possibilities. Yeah. And the last one is connecting to people because people are the bridges that will yeah. take you places that you never thought you could go. And that's one of the greatest thing about travel because somebody can take yeah. you to Africa. I just got back from Africa. Right. And on the way down, I was thinking, what do I tell them? I said, you know, education – Education comes faster in travel than any other oh, way yeah. because you're using all of the senses. 
I agree. And, and you're meeting people like you're it seems yeah. like we just did this cruise, too. And it's the people you remember and it's the people in the right. moments and the people in the connections. Right. Wow. Diane Thomas. We're talking with Diane Thomas, professional speaker, national TV personality, New York Times bestselling author, travel guru. And she worked Johnny Carson over with a little uh, meatloaf and onion. (laughs) Um, We'll be right back. More from Diane Thomas, teaching us to find, uh, open up our hearts, find the good while we're on the road traveling. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Fascinating guest today. Honestly, iconic for me. I'm starstruck. And, and nobody would get <laughs> it, so but I was, the, I was just a young punk loving Diane Thomas, some local Utah woman that made it big time in television. Diane uh, is the author of her original book was Roughing It Easy. Yes. But then 19 or 18 other books, I guess, uh, along with that. And she served on national as a national spokesperson for divisions of Kraft Foods, Procter & Gamble, Dow Chemical, countless others. She's been on the NBC Today show for eight years, ABC's home show for six years. And uh, her newest venture is entitled How to Get a Million Dollars Worth of Free Publicity. You can find more about that at dianethomas.com. But she's also... A tour guide, really, a travel expert, and takes tours to China, to Peru. And to South Africa. And also next year, this is the cream. We're going to be riding our bike two days in Paris. We're going to Amsterdam and ride. I've always wanted to ride through through the tulips. tulips. So we will be riding in April through the tulips, and then we catch a, a, a cruise down the Rhine. Oh. So during the day, we ride our bikes through the little villages, and they have picnics and stuff. Did you just yeah. throw this one together? I did. Because that's I'm... so personal to you, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Oh, that's it like is. a dream come true. Well, I have wanted to go to, to see the tulips. Yeah. I started riding my bike because I had to because I'd traveled so yeah. long, and I'd gained so much weight. So no, I, I remember to... you went. you had a real health change. Yeah, I did. But I it's from, from exercising. You yeah. became a biker. I became a biker. I had to do something. I got to get out and get going. But I started riding my bike. And so I said, I am going to ride through the tulips. So when we flew to South Africa, we had to through, fly through Amsterdam. I go, there it's you go. time you come here. So How I came beautiful. home and said to Dick, We're doing uh, Dick, he does Dick Jensen travel. I said, Dick, I want to do this trip. And yeah. he, so he put it together with the Rhine River. So we'll actually ride five days. Can you imagine down the, the Rhine smell? River. Oh, and that's why I Travel is so fabulous. Yeah. That's why you said the senses. We get all the senses. We get all involved. the senses, and boom, it's just like that. It's you, um, you were teaching us earlier that we have to get. You know, we have to be positive. Yeah, positive. Open, open to, the to possibilities. all the possibilities. Yes, and then the people connect. To connecting the people. to people is huge, and that's one thing I love yeah. about travel. Is well, you're a people person. Well, I love staying after. I do China a lot. I've done China yeah. sixteen times. And you stay weeks after. Yes, I do, and I've gone over and stayed six weeks. Just I stayed in a little village in South China for okay. six weeks. Teach me, because I, again, I think we have no. We just think, oh, the Chinese, they just make like cheap products. That's we have this kind of weird idea of who they are. But yeah. we have no idea who they are, do we? 
you know what? We wouldn't have the standard of living we have without the Chinese. No, totally. And China wouldn't have the standard of living without, without the world really use us and the world as well. We what, use, what have like what are some of your favorite experiences in China? Just that are very universally human. Well, I think, you know, it's fun to go to cultures and see how they live when they're like a hundred years behind us. Yeah. And so I went to this little village. Oh, I found, I've wanted to find an acupuncturist. Yeah, like I'd a ac- real full-fledged. A full-fledged. Yeah. I'd had trouble with an ear and I got some ringing in my ear and the and the doctor said, you know, do acupuncture. Well, $75 a treatment yeah, here. right. $10 a treatment there, and it's the source. You oh, know. They, they know acupuncture. Exactly. exactly. So I thought, you know what? It, you can, it's cost the same, so let's go to China for a month. So I went to China <laughs> for a month. I rented a bike. So I had a, and I left the bike at the place every night, boarded with a lady that I could board with. Unbelievable. And then if I wanted to go to a new place, I would just go downtown, and there were all these little women who spoke English down there. And I, I would hire one of them for a half a day to take me on this on little tour. tour. And then the next day I'd go on my, by myself because I'd know how to yeah. do it. And so I rode in the villages for one month. It was oh, amazing. Wow. See, you are open. Well, yeah. So many people would not do that. <laughs> oh, and I here I am out there by myself. But I remember coming around a corner one day, and here was a little lady on her knees taking these green things and lifting them out. And on the bottom of them were peanuts. So she was She's harvesting, harvesting her the peanuts. peanuts. Oh, my heavens. And then I hired a lady to cook for me. <laughs> I figured this one out, and I said, okay, I'll give you whatever you tell me to, that I need to pay for the food for that day and for you. So they gave, they told me it would cost me $6 a day. Oh, this wow. is dinner for four people. So I'd get up in the morning. I'd go with her to the little wet market. And, and the market the over goods. there is not like yeah. a supermarket oh, no. here. Uh-uh. I mean, it's like a country market. Uh, and yeah, it, and the farmers are standing there with their th- goods. They're bringing them in, and yeah. they call it the wet market because the floor is wet. And oh, if you want to fish, you point at the fish, and they whack, whack the head <laughs> off, and it's jumping around. And Oh, that's great. And, you know, anyway, it was amazing. So I'd go over with her, and we'd pick out the food, and we'd go back. And then at night, I'd come back and watch her cook the food. Yeah. And it would feed four people for six. This is about five years ago, but still, $6, six a night. Bought people. the food, paid for the girl. Well, had the experience. Us. Yeah. And built a friendship. Exactly. Do do you go back to these same people? Oh, I do. Actually, I go back to the same village all the time. And do they know you? And they're like, oh, well, um, yeah. Some my friends. It's mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a small village, about three hundred thousand. Oh but wow, yeah. That's I have a the people who know me, but I go to this. This is the one that's incredible, Matt. Is in Beijing. There is a place called the Temple of Heaven. And it's where the emperors would go and pray for the harvest, similar oh, wow. to our Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. And so no longer do they have an emperor over there. And so they turned it into a park. It's similar to, it would be like the size of Central Park. Yeah. Uh, 50,000 seniors going in and out of there every day to exercise. How beautiful. Unbelievable. If we could have this in America. Can you I'd imagine get... the energy there, though, and the <gasps> well, wisdom in that one space? I know. And I'll, if I go over on the weekends, there will be like 150 people. And nobody gets paid. It's, yeah. it's all volunteer. And they get their own groups together. And there'll be one leading it. And the rest of them are singing. And they Just have their little songbooks. And then even they'll be dancing. There'll be a group dancing. And there's a band there. And oh, they're man. singing. And there's maybe 200 people in that group. Well, no, it's not it's, a monetary deal. It's, no. It's culture. Came, it's community. It's community. 
now you'll understand this. Yeah. It's Prozac. It is. I bet it's Prozac. It's Prozac. How healing is this? It's so totally healing. And and also to know that you have this community of yeah, seniors. Exactly. And then it, in a weird way, that keeps them all connected, but it also keeps giving them hope because, oh. I mean, it, so there's in, there's endurance, I, there's longevity. So I've stayed over there six times. Do you feel younger when you're there? Oh, I love it. And, and they cool. don't, they can't say Diane very well. So I tell them I'm Diana, you know, <laughs> yeah, Lady what, Di. Yeah, like Lady, Lady Di. Di. What's your, you need a Chinese name. Well, I know, but they'll call me Diana. So I, one day I'm walking through the park and this guy goes, hello, Diana. I go, oh, wow. Well, hello. Because <laughs> I'm really yeah. the only one. Yeah. I don't see. I see a lot of people who are Caucasian over there who walk through, but I have never seen another one go over there and play with and, them and hang out and go and yeah, hang go out work with out. them. And they'll come by and they'll give me thumbs up. And How so, beautiful. I guess the point I want to say here is when you travel and when you get out of the you know the just the touristy things, yeah, you connect with the heart. That's it, huh? You connect with the heart and because you, it's you almost like you're more vulnerable. Because this is new to you. That's right. And you're more open. And yeah. if you allow them to, and they want to connect with you. They do. So they They'd want to serve you. They to want to. In fact, I have had people come and ask me to go teach at their school. Hmm. I've had them come and I ask bet. me, can, can I talk English to you? Yeah. I had one lady come by and she goes, I want you to meet my son. I want you to meet my son. And her son's 21. And I've gone with him and done a couple of things in Beijing two other times. To just change. They, just, they want you to connect and, that's and right. grow. and. Because they love the West. Oh, Diane. You better go to China with me. I'm going to China with you. Okay. Okay. Good. We got a plan. Deal. We got a plan. How long do you go? Two two weeks at a time? Two weeks. You need two weeks. I mean, we can do no, yeah, shorter, you don't, but- It's a huge country. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. China is like a chicken, and so we start down in Guilin, where they have those the, gumdrop yeah, mountains, and then I've we go to Xi'an, where we have the terracotta warriors, and then we go to Beijing, where the Great Wall is. Oh. Uh, and, and, you know, good food. Oh, good food. Good food. <laughs> And even if it's not, you got to try it. Great experience. <laughs> it's such a great experience. We're talking to Diane Thomas, uh, author of the book, her original book, Roughing It Easy, but her latest book is How to Get a Million Dollars Worth of Free Publicity. Diane, national TV personality, been on every major show you can imagine, including Johnny Carson, which is, I think, one of my greatest memories as a child. Uh, girl, I mean, as far as the television career, which is what I always sure. wanted to do. And um, we're going to take a break, though. When we come back with Diane, we're going to pick her brain, give her, find out some some tricks of the travel trade. What are some tips that she'd give us? She's already giving us the power of people, of connecting, of being open. More with Diane Thomas. We're talking travel when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. back, everybody. Uh, incredible guest today. Awesome topic today. We're talking about travel and the power travel has to help you connect to other people, but really open up your heart, open up your mind, find find yourself as you're losing yourself, maybe in travel. Yeah. Uh, one way to do it. Diane Thomas is joining us uh, again. Professional speaker, national TV personality, New York Times bestselling author. She's done it all. She's well, done it all. Thank you. Thank you. And, not, and again, I keep saying like you're so old because I've watched you forever. But <laughs> the reality is you, you've lived a lot. 
You started young, and you've done and young. you've done nothing but but keep going. And then here you are. When a lot of people would say, you know, Diane, take your money and retire, yeah. but you're just like, nah. I think I'm just going to go ride the bikes through the tulips and take yeah. a big, huge group of people with me. Well, this summer too, I'm riding across Iowa on my bike. Are you really? Yeah, there's the biggest bike ride in the world. So once I started, I had gained a lot of weight because I was on the road all the time. Yeah. And I, I like food, you know. It's oh, yeah. so good. And that's oh, another that's great thing life. to travel. I know. Because you, you get different flavors. Yeah. And different. But anyway, so I had gained a lot of weight. And so I started riding my bike. And so I decided I want to ride. I heard about this ragbri. And Ragbri is a bike ride. It's the biggest bike ride in the world. There's 15,000 riders oh, wow. that go on it. So you that see, sounds dangerous. <laughs> no, 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 no. They block the highways okay. off, and they have am- special ambulances where there's a problem. You know, yeah. I mean, when you have 15,000 yeah. people, you're going to Someone's going to fall. But on the back of your bike, it's, it has a little sign that tells where you're from. And so you'll be riding along. Somebody, hey, I was in Salt Lake. Oh, that's great. Oh, and you you'll see somebody from Germany or wherever. How beautiful. Yeah, and you see, and we uh, we I travel with a group of people. There's 40 of us, but Iowa. The reason there were a couple of newspaper guys that said, "Let's ride across the country and get some stories." Yeah, across Iowa, and so they put it in the paper, and 300 people. This is 40 years ago. Showed up. No way. And now it's, it's 15,000. They cut it off. So you thought, I've got to go do that. Yeah, I did. And so this will be my fifth ride. I did it once You're every addicted. single mile. <laughs> yes. Diane's but, addicted to oh, experiences. Oh, but you know what? I'm sitting there, and this little girl has just baked cookies with her grandmother, and she wants to sell me uh, one. Can you I know? sell you a cookie? You it's, a cross between, uh, it's a cross between the Tour de France, Mardi Gras, and a county fair. Oh, and it's just... So I'll I'll stop and somebody's cooked corn, and so I'll have some corn. It's really really hot. Yeah. So some this farmer's got his big uh, tank out there, and you go swimming in the tank. Oh, and see, it's just a party all day. But you but each one of those are experiences again, and each yeah. one of those are people. Yeah, and you're opening yourself up, and but there's a fear, right? People are afraid. They are. Why? People are afraid because they haven't had experience. Yeah. You know, I think fear is a, the biggest stopper of anything. And uh, I started tra- – I was, like, fearful when I, I went. I, met, yeah. I remember my first trip. I flew by myself in an airplane to Amsterdam. Yeah. And my mother was begging me, please don't go. Please don't go because <laughs> your little girl was leaving. I get to Amsterdam. I have nowhere to stay. Uh-huh. So I go and I say, would you please give me, a, you know, the eight, best hotel you can? Well, they're all gone. And so I ended up with this place up three st- flights of yeah. stairs. I was sure that the cab driver was going to rape me the minute I yeah. walked out oh, the yeah. door. You're going to be or ravaged. any male that right. looked at me, right. you know. So the, he anyway, he did not. He took me to my place. <laughs> I went up. I cried myself to sleep. I pushed the dresser up against the door. In case you got, because yeah. Because I didn't fear. have experience yeah. and the fear was overcoming. I remember going to Detroit, pushing the same the dresser <laughs> up against the door so nobody yeah. could get in. So a lot of it is experience. And there's only one way to get experience. And that's just do it. You got to do it. And, you know, the other thing I think, and I'm such an avid fan of wherever you live, travel. You know, I mean, go to it. it. Tonight, I'm taking my nephew who teaches here at BYU and his cute little family. They just, they're, I never had kids, so I don't have any grandkids, but they call me Grandma Diane. Oh, beautiful. And uh, so I'm taking them out to dinner tonight. Well, again, but see, so you knew you were coming down here. You thought, oh, 
Right. I ought to go take them out to dinner. Right. And I think we're going to go to an Indian restaurant, and the kids will have rice and naan. And, naan. and the you can start showing them how to yeah. eat rice and naan. <laughs> well, and, and the curry and everything. But, but those are the right Beautiful. inside of your own place yeah. where you live. The other thing I always do, I, I just cannot not stop myself, but if anybody has an accent, I have to say, where are you from? And you ask and you inquire. I do, always. And, I, and the thing about it is, is you can travel around the world yeah. wherever you are. By asking people. So That's I don't so want neat. people to think you have to go pay for expensive trips. Right. We did a fun thing on the home show. This was a show I did on ABC. Yeah. And they said, okay, Diane, we're blindfolding you. Would you go to the map of the United States and put a pin in it? So I just walked and put a pin in it. Or I threw I guess let's throw a dart. I threw a dart at it with blindfolded and it landed in Tennessee. So we went to Tennessee and we drew a line, a two-hour line. In other words... We could travel two hours out from Tennessee, from from Nash- or from whatever. From, oh, from was, Nashville, the main city. Uh, what's the one that has the Greek things in it? It's not Nashville. Was it it's, Memphis? It's Memphis. Yeah. Okay. Memphis was the city, yeah. so we went to Memphis. And yeah, so two hours. Uh, we could go two hours yeah. out any day, and yeah. we did a vacation because you could, if you stay at home. Yeah. You know, and even myself in Salt Lake City, I have not been to Bingham Copper Mine Museum. No, either have I. Well, yeah. I did as a little tiny kid, but I, know, I have never. But my kids should go. I've yeah, never taken them. Exactly. It's crazy. So you Biggest can do a lot of travel. Yep. Two hours out from your place, you can get back. Go out two hours, spend the day. Come Affordably. Back. Exactly. Yep. And, a, and you have an experience. Or, you know, invite somebody in who's from another culture and say, I'll so buy anything true. you want. I just want you to cook for me. How many times, though, you do you hear someone's um, accent and we don't even, we, oh, that guy's got an accent. We don't even ask where it's from, but the minute he tells you where it's from, you've had an experience. That's right. I have been most of the many so you places. actually it almost like doubles or triples your money because whatever oh, you spent to go wherever it was, this guy can bring it all up. That's right. And then you can say, nice "What was the name of that one meal that we that people have there that has the?" And then now all of a sudden you're connected. That's right. Oh, you're totally connected. And you know what? It gives them such pride. Oh yeah, to talk their about culture. their mm-hmm. country. You and, know? and there's a reverence for it. Because exactly. You lived it. Now, you might remember uh, the guy. He was here. He's from Yugoslavia. Uh, Chosics? Krasimir Chosic. Do you remember uh-uh, Krasimir? I don't. Uh-uh. He was a big basketball fan here. Was long, he? Long, long, okay. long ago. So anybody I hear from there, I ask him. They always know him because he was very famous over That's there. That's right. That's right. And he was so good here. But anyway, you can yep. just share with people. I remember when I moved from – my father was a forest ranger in southern Utah in uh, a little town called Monticello. Yeah. And I moved to Salt Lake when I was 12, and I wanted – because we we lived out in the country there, I wanted more friends, and so I said to my mother, "How can I have more friends?" And she said, "Read How to Win Friends and Influence there People." You go. And then she said, Del "Always Carney. take an interest in the other person." And I learned right off the there's bat. There's two trips. There's, there's yeah. two travel tips right there. Exactly. Yeah. Always talk about them. And even if I've been at the Rhine, I don't bring up my trip yeah. unless they ask me. Right. You know, so many people you say Rhine, and they go, "Oh, I want yeah. no." I'm there to learn from them, and whenever you take an interest That's in somebody so else, they open their up to heart you. opens up and comes. I've had people, many people say to me, I never told any about this. Well, it's because I That's, was very interested. Curious. See, curiosity so, is beautiful. It is beautiful. So when I travel the world, I don't need to travel with people. Mm-hmm. I have friends all over the place. Oh, my heavens. Because, again, I don't love travel because you're uncomfortable. But then you're, that that's a selfish thought because if I was just out of me, right, 
I mean, comfort's one thing, but I would lose myself if I could meet people and listen to stories, and I'd get into that. Yeah. And you so see, then all of a sudden, yeah. it's not about you. Exactly. You see these travel stories, and they just go into a town and get the cutest stories. Yeah. They're everywhere. Oh, they're everywhere. And people love to talk about themselves. It's and so, so all you have to do is just say, just ask a few questions. Just ask a few, you know yeah. what I mean? And just lead where your mind goes, mm-hmm. what interests you. Well, and what's nat- what are you naturally curious about? That's like, right. why do you eat those? Exactly. And I guarantee there's a story about why they eat those, right? Exactly. Those things, and, whatever they And are. you can travel the world right where you are. But if you have the opportunity to travel the world, travel the world. Because you will learn things that you can. I mean, just like... I mean, China, for one, all of those oh, yeah. big cities that you see in the news all the time, yeah. those are stages. Yeah. Those are the big city stages. But 80% of the people in China Aren't in those stages. live in poverty, in what we would consider poverty. But well, plus it just they're seems, happy. Does it, and I guess we have about one minute. Does it, okay. does it, um, it seems like it would, it would center you. Like oh. all of a sudden... You're seeing your life, your experience, your world in relation to maybe the poorest in the world. Right. And it seems like it would center you, maybe even bring you closer to your God, closer to your peace. I mean, tell me about that. But I look at them and I say, they're happy. Yeah, they're still— You don't need all of these things to be happy. That's beautiful. And so really when we have people— we're not happy, I don't think, unless we have people. I think you're right. But they have their families, and that's the key. And if you go to China, I'll, this is my last. They call it Spring Festival, but it's their New Year's. If yeah. you go there, there is nothing open for a week. They all go home and celebrate it with their families. That's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, go check out we, uh, Diane's website, dianethomas.com. Diane without an E, D-I-A-N. Thomas.com. But you can get information on her trips to China, to Vietnam, Cambodia, Africa, Israel. Holy cow. We're going to talk because I really want to do the China thing. And um, Diane, thanks. Seriously, iconic but beautiful and... I love your life and energy. Thank you so much. Appreciate it's you. Great to be here. Thank you. Good to good to meet you again. We're going to take a break. Come back more on travel and uh, you know finding the power that can come by getting out of your circle and getting into the the other circles of the world. There's so much beauty out there. If we'll open ourselves up. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Dr. Paul Jenkins in the house. How are you, Dr. Paul? I'm doing great, Matt. Today, I don't know if you know, we've been talking about uh, travel. We had Diane Thomas on the show. She's amazing. She is amazing. And Merritt has taught us about studying abroad and why that's a really good opportunity. Mm. But here's the big deal. I'm seeing, I'm hearing a theme as we go through all of this. Dr. Paul Jenkins, by the way, he likes to be called the man, the myth, the legend. That's we, right. Uh, it's on my business We card. actually don't oblige that. We just say instead, <laughs> he's a clinical psychologist. Uh, he has his PhD in psychology and philosophy from BYU. He has the uh, the talent, the head guru of Live On Purpose Radio, where you interview fantastic, incredible guests. Including very recently, wow. the illustrious Matt Townsend. That was, that was a great interview. 
By the that way, was fun. That was way fun. And mm-hmm. you're very good at what you do. I must Thank admit. Thank you. Um, but you can go in about a month. Paul is going to be releasing his book, Pathological Positivity. That's right. So, but be looking for it. You can go to his website, drpauljenkins.com. And um, you got to get the new book, Pathological Positivity. Here's the problem, Paul. Okay. Not to go negative. But. <laughs> but. After your book. But. All these people should be traveling. We've talked about the power of it, the need to open up, the need to kind of risk a little bit and get out there. But it seems mm. like the theme is we're a bunch of fraidy cats. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It seems like our fears keep us from being open, so we'd rather just yeah. stay closed. Well, definitely the biggest barrier to success, happiness, prosperity is fear. Yeah. We get in our own way. And it's interesting to me as I've studied this, Matt, and as I work with people in my in my office. Yeah, because you're day in, day out, grinding on mm. life <laughs> and finding that that these are pretty typical issues psychologically. Yeah, and what are we afraid of? Typically, it's our imagination. So, because think of that, it's travel. You're traveling. Mm. This should be fun. This is joy. Well, this is trying new stuff. So what are we, I guess it's we're imagining something could go wrong. We we constantly imagine what's coming. Even if it's not. Even if it's not, right. And do you know, do you know, Matt, where you're going to be next week? No. You don't, for don't. sure. So By right way, now, even if imagining. I did know, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, because there's... There's always a surprise. Yeah. Have you noticed? Right. You go along, you're expecting this to happen, something else happens instead. So we're constantly being surprised. And we know that. So even if we make a plan for something to happen, we're like, well, what if that doesn't happen? And then we imagine all kinds of scenarios yeah. in place yeah. in that. So when you imagine that what's coming is worse than what you've already got, how are you <laughs> going to feel? No, it disincentivized, unmotivated. You think? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to not want that. And that's what triggers the fear. Okay? Yeah. When you imagine that what's coming is even better than what you've already that's got. a different feeling. Totally different feeling. Yeah. Totally different feeling. See, it's so it's imagining it's going to be worse, harder, or different mm-hmm. than what we currently have. It will be different. It, it 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 would have to be different. And check it out. Better is always different. Yeah. Is this true? Totally true. You but, have to think about that a little bit because different isn't always better. Yeah, that's true. But therein lies the rub because we know it's going to be different. Is it going to be a better different or a worse different? Well, worse is always different. That's true. And yet... We don't want that, so we'll go to better. Right. So which are we imagining? That this different is going to be better or yeah. worse? Is that the problem, though? Because maybe we think it can't get better than this. Oh, so yeah. we think 99% chance it's going to get worse. So that's if it's going to be different, I don't want it to be worse different. Mm-hmm. And that's totally Exactly. Grammar, so I'll just I'll avoid the whole thing altogether. I won't yeah. even go there. And meanwhile, you're missing an experience. And I guess, too, you're overlooking, you're, you're acting as if, the the next experience mm-hmm. is already kind of set. Right. You just have to arrive at it and then experience it. It's like you don't believe you're an agent of change or creation 
of this event. Like it's all up to chance yeah. or luck. I don't yeah. have anything to do with it. It's like this. the tie is red and you don't have any choice. It's a red tie. Take it. There's the red tie. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you actually get to go make it whatever color you want to make it. Well, you have a lot to do with what you're creating. Yeah. That is for sure. And there's some things we know about travel, for example, as we're talking about that topic yeah. today. What do we know for sure? We know for sure that it's going to take some effort. Yes. We know for sure that there will be some costs involved. Okay, we already know that. Yeah. Now, if that's all we get, you get more effort and more cost. Who wants to sign up? <laughs> Sounds miserable. <laughs> Right. right. So you have to be able to imagine a benefit coming from it that outweighs the cost and the effort. That's true. Or your mind will just trap you into avoiding it. But I've been on like a trip where the company thinks the benefit is that I see 15 places. Yeah. So the company that's taking me is pushing me to go to 15 places. Mm-hmm. I guess for the cost benefit analysis, mm-hmm. like the cost has to value the okay, I went to 15 places. But if you go to each place and they're miserable because you're not there, you're not present, you're not. So I guess some of this. multiplying misery. Yeah. And (laughs) I remember sitting there thinking, if I have to do one more thing on this trip, I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Even like I I went on a cruise and had a kind of a different experience because we had some time to take a break. But then the cruise keeps offering all these really interesting things to go see. Right. And then I'm like, well, you know, we paid the price. We may as well. We may as well go see the ice sculptures being made. Mm-hmm. Now, I would never break a sweat to get to an ice sculpture being made. <laughs> I wouldn't. But all of a sudden, yeah, they're doing it. Yeah. I'm, yeah I may as well. Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that seems easier, I guess, than, than putting forth harder effort, reading, studying, opening myself up, being vulnerable to some person's mm-hmm. meal that I don't even know what they're cooking. Right. Yeah. There's a difference between... Wholesome recreation and mindless leisure. Hmm. And I think the main difference is in is in the time and effort and the cost that's incurred. It takes some planning and some intention to create wholesome recreation. Whereas mindless leisure, it's kind of like plop down on the couch and hit the remote. Yeah. You turn the brain off. No and effort. Whatever comes, comes. The return on those two activities is extremely different as well, at least potentially. Yeah. And we all know that there's a risk that we're going to lose our investment if we go on a trip. Yeah. But what do we stand to gain that's different from just clicking on the TV and starting to serve? So the currency may just be effort. Yeah, could I mean, be. That's what I mean, could sometimes be. that's what makes the difference is are you willing to make an effort to talk mm-hmm. to somebody to push it out there, to, to try something new. I mean, even just to ask the question, like Diane was talking about earlier, just mm-hmm. ask someone else the question. It takes more effort to listen than to talk. <laughs> For most you know of I mean? us, it's that's like, true. Goodness, that's a lot of work. Um, okay, we're talking with Dr. Paul Jenkins. We've, we're coming back. Paul's going to keep teaching us how to be more open, how to open our hearts up, You know, how to be vulnerable, how to be willing to experience life and change and differences maybe also how to see the value and the good in other people as well as we're out there Mm -hmm. fun stuff Uh, we're learning how to make the most of our travels folks and just life and broadening our horizons this is the matt townsend show we'll be right back right here on sirius xm 143 byu radio
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're touching the topic of travel and helping you, you know, make the most of your travels, your life, really opening up your horizons, letting you get a chance to see and meet as many people as you can. An excellent way to do that would be traveling, but you'd have to get out of yourself. So uh, we're finding out that getting out of ourselves, opening up our heart to other experiences, risking a little bit, it's a difficult thing. So we thought, let's bring in the master of openness, the guru mm-hmm. of uh, open hearts, of broadening <laughs> horizons, Dr. Paul Jenkins. I'm loving all these new titles you're giving me. I like to make up titles. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a titler. Even though I probably don't deserve all of those. You know what? Don't even go there. Yeah. You know what it's about for me is is mindset. Yeah. It, it's all about paradigm. It's all about perception. And we actually have something to do with that. Well, you'd think if you spent, let's say, $5,000 on a trip to China, mm-hmm. you would think you'd already have the mindset to be open. Mm. But not necessarily. Not necessarily. You may have been forced to go. You you know, we're retired. We've got the money. We ought to go. I haven't seen China. It's mm-hmm. on my bucket list. I'm do, supposed to. Do China. <laughs> yeah. See China. There. Did there. it. Done. But you're saying the mindset, the paradigm might need to be bigger than just doing something or seeing something. Well, and I like, I like what you said about openness. Uh, either we're open or we already know. That's it. Because if you know, you don't need to be there. Right. And that is that is a common malady that we have as human beings. We know that we're right. Oh, yeah. Well, we've seen YouTube videos of the Wall of China. Mm. Been there. Yeah. Done that. <laughs> I've seen Kung Fu Panda. Or even about cultures. Yeah. You we, know? we know what the Chinese culture is like. Let's go look at this strange culture. Well, it's only strange because it's not yours. That's right. That's so true. And mine is normal. Do you think that's an American thing or a human thing? I mean, I know that humans human do it in thing. general. But Americans seem, you know, we all stand out. And maybe that's just because I'm an American. But you can see the American in England a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> they usually have a big flag on their <laughs> <laughs> They're typically very Americentric. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's even a word. It is, but you made it up. It sounded good. But they're the one. I mean, I don't know. And maybe that's a stereotype. But it's amazing. We were talking about earlier how ethnocentric we are, how focused on our mm-hmm. culture we are. Yeah. We're not necessarily even maybe the most open of cultures, even though you'd think we would mm-hmm. be. And and it feels normal to us because whatever we're used to becomes the norm. Yeah. It, and it, But it's more than that. It's not just normal. It feels right. Yeah, it's right. It's, it's, it's almost healthy. like there's a moral connection right. to that. Yeah. This is the right way. This is the right thing. Is that, I guess... We our psyche needs to think it's right to make it, I guess, doable. Well, it, it creates comfort, even if it's not real. Comfort's not always a good thing, uh-uh. but we like it. We're quite fond of comfort, yeah, and commonly seek it. Is it the best thing for us? That's a great question. I mean, how many racist things have been done? How many uh, just offenses have been made against people Mm -hmm. just simply because we went with it? Even if it wasn't right or healthy for us. Right. We went with it. And and then even if we question it and we didn't like it and we question ourselves, Mm -hmm. 
we still would probably talk ourselves out of changing it. Out of changing it because we like that comfort zone. Eh, kind of. That's sad. Everything that we want that we don't currently have is outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. And as you think about that truth, that means to obtain it, I have to step outside of my comfort zone. Right. And that triggers my anxiety. And then that, that anxiety seems to pull tighter on those strings of, hey, just stick with what we've done. Stick with what you know. Shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> just keep doing what we do. Exactly. Don't ask questions. I've got this keyboard in my office. I can't remember if I showed it to uh. you. It's a computer keyboard, but I've taken a butter knife and popped off all the keys and put them on in different locations. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. And uh, that's I just messed this up, to people. It is. It's totally messed up. So it's a computer keyboard. You've rearranged the Yeah, it's not hooked up to anything. It's just the keyboard. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but put them all in different places, and then I have people practice typing their name. So good. It's hard. Can't do it. It's not right. Actually, you can, but it's hard. And it's slower. A lot slower. And sometimes maybe that's it, too. Our efficiency, like our fear, demands immediacy. Yeah. So immediacy makes us default to what we know. Right. Instead of what's good for us. And look at what you know. You've got a keyboard right here on your laptop, Matt. It starts with a Q. Yeah, it does. It's mixed up, too. Yeah, why would we put it there? But we accept it as normal because it's what we're used to. (laughs) It's so true. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the best way to do it. In fact, it's probably less efficient in a lot of ways. They used to have typewriters, you know, where there would actually be a hammer that would come up and yeah. strike the page and Which they'd is... get jammed if too many came up from the same side. Oh, that's at the same why time. they had to spread them out. So they spread them out and they and it's balanced so that the frequency of letters that shows up in your right hand is roughly equivalent to your left hand in the English language. <laughs> yeah. Do you see how this yeah, is all... all of a sudden if you're from another culture, the QWERTY keyboard is killing you. It's not It's not necessarily the best or the most efficient. Mm-hmm. It's just what we're used to. But notice how it seems right. Yeah. And anything other than that? Do you remember when they, they gave you the ergonomically correct way and they, they mm-hmm. bent the keyboard in half, like sideways? So Yeah, Microsoft tried some things. That didn't work lines. either. That didn't seem right. It doesn't seem right because we're not used to no, it. No, you should cock your elbows abnormally and be typing. It's in, so we, what you're saying, though, Dr. Paul from drpauljenkins.com, I, didn't, I failed to tell people that, but uh, we might be creatures to not ne- – we're not necessarily searching healthiest solutions. No. We're searching comfortable <laughs> solutions, yeah. what we're used to. Or, or what seems right to us. Interesting. So that perception doesn't mean you're right. It just means that's what you're used to. So as I listen to Diane and she's talking about traveling, she's such an amazing, inspiring person who, who is suggesting, hey, open up your mind. Open up your boundaries a little bit. See what else is out there. It's not going to necessarily feel normal to you. In fact, it probably won't. And, and, and that's normal. Absolutely. So the new norm can be not normal. It's just we're trying stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess, what you reframe it. You have to reframe the paradigm to something, right? So instead of right or wrong, I right. guess you reframe it to new. It, new or different or learning. sampling. Yeah. You know, sometimes you go to a new restaurant and you want to order your favorite dish. Every time. What if you order a sampler of a number of different no. things? No, no, no.
See, I won't do. See, I don't do that. See, I'm risking my money. Yeah. See, now there's the risk. It's not worth it. I would rather have the same thing that I always have. Something I know that I'll like. Isn't it funny? I've gone to restaurants eating the same thing that I get sick every time I eat it. (laughs) I'll eat the same thing, but I know I've paid for that. I know that one. Sure, I got sick, but it was good going in. Yeah, it tasted good. But isn't that weird? And I'll go back and order the exact same thing. I messed up. And we we prefer the comfort of predictability and security to the discomfort of the unknown. Yeah. I guess that's travel 101. Yeah. Well, that's human psychology. Yeah. Can you change that? Sure. You just got to pay well, attention. Well, can you learn how to type on my scrambled keyboard? No. Hmm. I bet I could, but I wouldn't. What a waste of time. <laughs> well, that implies something because check it out. You've got to have two things in place. You have to have a strong enough reason. Yeah. And right now you don't. It would be an enormous waste of time. Well, plus the computer doesn't even work. And then you have to practice. Which, again, more time, more investment. It takes That's both. It. We're very efficient, aren't we? We're mm-hmm. trying to make everything efficient where sometimes you got to go for effective what's yeah. right. Well, your brain's wired for efficiency. That's why we set up. They're, they're called neural pathways yeah. in psychology, where it's a cruise control autopilot. It doesn't mean that it's right. It just means that's what you're used to. Dr. Paul Jenkins, see how you are. It's like oh, I see how this is. It's like you've you've done this before. Been on the Matt Townsend show. You're getting good. Dr. Paul Jenkins, go check out his book, soon to be released May, maybe j- early June. Pathological Positivity. You got you to gotta, you gotta read it. He'll make you positive whether you want to or not. <laughs> Good still stuff. a choice, Manny. Good stuff. And also go check out his website, drpauljenkins.com, and his radio show, Live on Purpose Radio. He's got it all. That's why they call him Dr. Paul. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be right back wrapping up the show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That's the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the show. And uh, what better way to do that than to just do a little roundtable here of all of our funny travel stories. Can I just point out? Oh, listen to that. Do you hear that? Whoa. That's good music. By the way, brought to you by James. Thank you, James. Thank you. I got it all. James uh, got his his tub, um, his 50-gallon drum, (laughs) and he put a string on it, and he's been... He's playing been that drum it. ever since. Very nice. Major. That's right when he got his tooth. Um, yep. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> talent. He's looking good. Here's the deal. I'm sitting here doing a radio show alone in a studio. Well, two, two other people were in the studio with me, but they were speaking Finnish to each other. Okay. How often do you get A, I mean not being in Finland, how often do you get <laughs> two people speaking Finnish in the room about me. You were speaking about me. I could tell because you were laughing and then you'd both look at me. It's true. We confess, Matt. It's rude. It's, that's a travel that tip. That is true, it's, too. It's not because you don't know what we said. You don't know if it was you rude You said not. something about my mother. I'm sure she's very nice. I know. So why are you talking about her? No, I don't know. I don't know what you were saying. But see, that's an interesting thing because we feel weird when other people can yeah. communicate and we can't. 
It's not only rude, A. It's weird. Is it, though? Is it rude? Is it weird? I don't know. Let's take you to RD. finish. So, Matt, Hmm? English feels like the right language to you. Actually, no. Love is my language. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) And so love is... I like that flowered shirt, by the way. Is that? That's really awesome. No, that's not flowered. Oh, yeah. I'm a flower child. Um... You're right. So, so I felt like English was right, but then there's the mm-hmm. anyway. Then there's the the experience of not knowing how to speak the language, yeah, which causes problems. So, Mike and I have both spent some significant time in the country of Finland, hanging out where Finnish seems like the right language. Yeah, sometimes Swedish in some areas. Sure, right. Uh, one little point: uh, we're not in Finland. True that. We're in Word. Utah. Newsflash, we're in Utah. Thank you, James. This just brought to you by? By James in Studio 2B. (laughs) So anyway, I digress. Funny travel experiences. I know. So if you've lived in Finland, I lived in Argentina. James, Mm -hmm. where have you lived? Brazil. Where have you traveled? I have traveled so many different locations. Nevada? Not really. Yeah, Nevada. uh, Montana? Delaware. North Dakota. Good. Just the interesting wow. places. West Virginia. Yeah. All the smaller states, right? Uh, I've been to Israel. Wow. That's that's cool. Yeah. And various London, islands in the Caribbean. Mexico, Aruba, Curacao. Mm-hmm. Mexico. Haiti. Mexico again. St. George, Utah. <laughs> Very funny places. Where have you been, Paul? Penguich. Penguich, Utah. Mm-hmm. I have also been to London. You've been all over. In fact, one of my f- funny travel stories is about London. What? Let's hear it. You know what? I, in my previous practice, I did child custody evaluations for the court. Oh, that's heavy. It's yuck work. Mm-hmm. I'm not going back. But in the course of that work, I would visit the home of every parent that I evaluated. Yeah, you had to because you've got to go in and assess them to see if they're fit. Right. One of these homes was just off of Regent's Park in London. Really? Yeah. You had to go to London? So I had to go to London. I had to. I'm so sorry. Okay. It was work. Yeah. So I show up in London. And the funny thing is that when I showed up at this fellow's house, his wife, his new wife. Yeah. Was just about to give birth, and she went into premature labor. When you showed up, when I showed up, <laughs> well, I had and you're this a doctor, now. so you could deliver the baby. I'm not that kind of doctor, Matt. Well, so she goes into labor. He gets this panicked look in his <laughs> eyes. This is a perfect test for a custody evaluator. As he turns to me and he says, "I'm sorry, we're not available for this." <laughs> Did you say, I'm sorry, I flew all the way he here. He said, can you come back next month? You're kidding. And I said, it's your nickel, dude. Let's do whatever you want to do. <laughs> Did you really? So you know what? I just went and toured London. How cool is that? It turned it, and wow. it was solo. I was all on my own. Even better. So I'm touring London. I'm on the bus with the little yeah, the British lady who points everything the out with her guide. umbrella. Yeah. I I go to the um, Mary Poppins. What was that? Yes, umbrella? Mary Poppins was my tour guide. It was awesome. <laughs> she, I did a, she's moonlight trip on the River Thames. <laughs> How neat! I went to the Castle of uh, the Tower of London where yeah, they keep the yeah. crown jewels. Uh-huh. I mean, all you the Eye all? of London and went on the big Ferris yeah, wheel all by yourself. <laughs> it was awesome. I was all by myself. That's all right. 
And then this guy paid my way to come back the next month, and I brought my wife. Somebody has some money. And then guess who was the tour guide? You. Oh, yeah. Still fresh on my mind. It was just a month before. I saw the queen. I did, too. I told. She looked all waxy. Did you see her? I, I didn't in see Madame her at Tussauds. Madame Tussauds. Where did I you... saw her in front of Buckingham you Palace. You saw her for real? Wow. In her powder blue. Was she mowing her wow. lawn? Was she mowing the lawn? What was she doing? Was it she was going the, in, coming out? Or? They call it the trooping of the colors. Oh. And the Brits know about this. Yeah. It's it's like the Queen's birthday kind of thing. And so the streets are lined with people. And I'm like, what's going on? This is when I was there by myself. That's cool. And they said, well, it's the trooping of the colors. What does that mean? Well, the Queen's on her way. Oh, really? You get to see the queen. So queen I mom. stood right there, and she was probably 15 feet in front of me. Did she signal you? She waved, you know, said, hey, Dr. Paul, how's Did it going? She, she knows you. That sort of thing. That's cool. But it, it was pretty cool. My mom met Bill Clinton in London while in traveling. London. Hmm. She's walking through London. All of a sudden, she walks down the street, and there's all these big limos and all these guys in black in like black suits and security and black cars. And she looks over and coming up this pathway is Bill Clinton with this huge entourage of people. And Mm -hmm. my mom just stood there, this 65-year-old woman, I think, standing there like, ah, that's my past president. And then in her head, she's thinking, he's hot. He's good looking. (laughs) This is a good looking man. Because she always thought he was good looking. And then beautiful thing about him, he stops, he sees her. And he says, well, hello. And my mom says, hello, President Clinton, and speaks English accent. I mean, not like an English accent, but speaks like an American. And he says, are you from America? And she says, yes. Where are you from, Salt Lake City? He says, would you like a picture with me? Because she's holding her camera. And he sat and took pictures with her. How cool. And she's totally in love with the man now. Just like the queen did with me. And she's actually a Republican, but I think she's been swung Democrat. (laughs) Yeah. That would do it. I know. Except she's a little jealous of Hillary Clinton. Yeah. London travels. One little simple thing. Okay? It's that easy. Anything in Finland? Ooh. There's a lot of... By the way, they eat fish. They do. Lots of Finland stuff. Did you ever eat kalokuko? Hey, hey. Sh- oh. Sh- sh- watch your mouth. You know what he just said? What did he say? Cause he just sounded... asked me if I ever ate fish cake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. It's it's a loaf of bread where they bake a fish right into the middle of it. Deep fry it. And the fish is whole. And it's just in the middle of of this loaf of bread. It sounds like kalakuko. Yeah. It sounds kind of like it. It's gross. (laughs) So did you eat that? Yeah, it was pretty horrible. Did you ever have like a weird thing that you're like, I've had uh, cow stomach. I've had every part. I've had cow brains. Yeah. And in Argentina, you eat it because you love the people serving you. So if they wanted to give it to you, you may as well eat that. Stomach. Food is one of those things that that creates that cultural feel. Yeah. And and one of the differences from what you're used to. Yeah. But in Finland there were other things too, like the the sun does weird things in Finland. Really? Yeah. It'll stay up because the earth rotates on an axis. During the wintertime the sun doesn't come up at all. And during the summer it never goes down. Well that's just weird. Yeah. I mean <laughs> that you, seems like a lot of work. You go to bed at eleven thirty <laughs> At night, the sun's still up. That's you have amazing. to close your blinds in order to sleep. Yeah. And in the summer, it comes up in the north. Weird. It's sun funky. Ca- when it does come up, it comes up in the north, and then it sets again in the north. Does the toilet go the same direction? 
Because yeah. in South America, we'd have a counterclockwise. I didn't pay a lot of attention to the way the toilet swirls. Well, you think but, if you were eating all that fish, you would. But we're still in the northern hemisphere. Yeah, that's a good point. So, wow. And the temperature. Cold. Weird things happen when oh, it gets yeah. that cold. Maybe that's why they talk with one of the most difficult languages to learn. Maybe that's why their they, mouth is paralyzed. Yeah, they needed fewer. They needed like more vowels or whatever. I was waiting for a bus once, and I had a five mark coin ready to go. It was twenty below that particular <laughs> day, and when the bus finally got there, my fingers were kind of numb inside of my mittens. So I reached down with my lip to grab that oh, five no. mark coin. <laughs> I don't even have to tell you, do I? Nope. How that, do you get a five-mark coin off your lip? That laughed his head off <laughs> as I left my pound of flesh there. Yeah, that's just... For my bus fare. That was kind of dumb. I thought I would be okay. It was in my pocket to start with. Yeah, but it's 20 below. Thing. You got to be careful. Did he let it like thaw off your lip, or did he make you pay it right when you got on? Well, I, I was in a hurry. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> that explains, though, the lip. It does. Even to this day, folks, he's still missing yeah. a lip. The man that has it all, that's why they call him Dr. Paul, minus a lip. Thanks yeah. for being here, guys. Good Thanks, show Matt. on travel. James, we never got to your stories about Nevada. Eventually, we'll get to those stories. You know what? Make an archive of that one. We've got to get to that story. That Deal. make you all laugh. Thanks, folks. Hope you have happy travels again. Reach out. Open your heart. Let's start to, to let other people in. And a little more tolerance while we're at it. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.